Welcome to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. In chapter 55 of Isaiah, verse 11, God tells the prophet, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. Standing on this promise, T.D. Stubblefield Ministries is committed to sharing biblical principles with individuals, families, churches, communities, and our world, believing that only the Word of God can advance us in God's perfect plan for our lives, where we can experience liberating faith, lasting hope, and unconditional love in a relationship with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Dr. T.D. Stubblefield with today's Advancing Word. This morning, I want us to turn for just a little while to the 32nd chapter of Genesis. I want us to read verses 24 through 28. In verses 24 through 28 in the King James Version, we find these words. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. The thought that I want to pose for our consideration today is supersizing our faith and downsizing our fears. This resurrection reality gives us all the privilege and the birthright to live an extraordinary life. Whatever else it is, it is a life that allows us to not only express our faith, but to compress our fears. I was in a restaurant recently And when I finished giving the attendant my order, the manager caught me by surprise and said, listen, sir, for one dollar more, you can supersize your order. While the offer was very tempting, my weekly point alliance would not allow for such an explosive, exponential expansion (laughs) of what was already an unplanned, unscheduled culinary aberration. (laughs) But when she asked me that question, My mind did begin to ponder 
and to wonder about the implications of what the manager had just said to me. How wonderful it would be in life if for a dollar, if just for a dollar, we could supersize our faith and downsize our problems. How wonderful it would be if you could just say, I'll take it. I'll take the supersize special because I need my faith strengthened and I need this problem to go away. In our text today, Jacob faced such a challenge. Twice in this chapter, Jacob is described as being afraid. In verse 7 and verse 11 of the text, he is described as having fear, great fear of being afraid. And oh yes, these fears were the balance due on his integrity account because deception, deceit, and duplicity had caught up with him and were demanding immediate payment. But they were fears nonetheless. In order for him to actualize the promises of God and to fulfill the covenant realities that God had blessed Abraham and Isaac with that had promised to all of their descendants, somehow he had to find a way to supersize his faith and downsize his fears. You know, it's a terrible thing to live with fear. It's a terrible thing to be haunted and hobbled by fear. A man who had a great fear of flying bought a $50,000 insurance policy, a flight insurance policy, shortly before a trip. But before taking the plane, before going on the plane, he stopped for a meal at a Chinese restaurant, opened the fortune cookie, and it said, an investment you made today is going to pay rich dividends. He was traumatized with fear. The word of God does not discount, it does not diminish or disregard the reality of our fears. But this text promises us with permanent principles and transcendent truths that are in the text, it promises us that God will help us to supersize our faith and downsize our fears if we but trust him. And so you know I always ask the text a question. If this is what happened in Jacob's life and if it is a message not only to his generation but to ours too, what is it in the text that would help us to supersize our faith and downsize our fears? First of all, the text suggests that Jacob was able to supersize his faith and downsize his fears because he was exposed to a stabilizing insight. The text says that Jacob was left alone. But what I want to tell you this morning is he was not really alone. No child of God is ever alone. To a large extent, as we look at the life of Jacob, and that's why I want you to read the entire chapter, and you can read two chapters behind it was his machinations and his maneuvering that had propelled him into the misery of isolation 
from family and friends. But despite all that, he was not alone. The Shekinah glory was still in Israel. And when the 32nd chapter opens, verse 1, it says, there's a reference to the angels of God meeting Jacob. The angels of God met Jacob as he was fleeing his father-in-law Laban who was out to exact vengeance and on his way to meet his brother Esau who he had wronged early in his life. But in spite of that, it said the angels of God was with him. Perhaps God knew Jacob needed to re-experience or relive what had happened a few years earlier when, when he duped his father and had to flee as a fugitive from his own home. And while he was fleeing, one night with a rock as a pillow, he dreamed of a great ladder whose foot rested on the earth and whose top descended into the heaven and angels of God. Our president is not the only one that travels with a secret service escort. If you're a child of God, we have angelic escorts. Bible said the angels of God watching over us. You know, recently while I was driving and I saw this billboard and was advertising a mattress sale. And what caught my eye was a picture of someone lying soundly asleep in the bed. And then underneath this picture, this very graphic picture, were the words, experience the comfort beneath the covers. And I began to think about how that's what it's like to be a child of God, is to live comfortably. It ain't really got nothing to do with the mattress you sleep on, but it's got to do with who holds you. And if the Lord is holding you, you covered. I'm experiencing the comfort beneath the covers. I think it's what the psalmist had in mind when he said, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under, under, under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust because I'm abiding under the covering of his wings. Jacob supersized his faith, downsized his fears because he was exposed to a stabilizing insight. Because although he may have been lonely, isolated, he was not alone. God had made sure that the angels were watching over him. He met them and he called the place Menahem, which means two camps. Because what Jacob recognized, there's my camp. See, if all you got is your camp, Fear will consume you. When sickness comes, if all you have is your camp, you ain't going to make it. When death and bereavement rocks your life, if all you have is your camp. When financial disaster knocks at your door, 
And all you have is your camp. But he says, I got my camp and God's camps. It's two camps. Menahem. In the second instance in the text, Jacob was able to downsize his fears and supersize his faith because he experienced a supernatural intervention. A supernatural intervention. At the brook Jabbok, which means luxuriant river, Jacob experienced what scholars, biblical scholars, call a Christophany. A pre-incarnate experience of the presence of the Lord. In this text, the text simply says there was a man who wrestled with him. But Jacob names the place Peniel because he was aware that he had been in the presence of the face of God. Jesus, in the Old Testament, makes cameo appearances. He walks through the garden in the cool of the day and he asks Abraham, where are you? Not because he needed to know, but Adam had moved and not contacted the postmaster. And he wasn't getting his spiritual mail on time. Jacob wrestled with this angel of the Lord, a phrase that is associated with divinity in the word of God. And he named it Peniel, the face of God. No angel would have the authority to change his name. My mentor and professor, Dr. Warren Wiersbe, says that Jacob had three meetings in this chapter. In verses 1 through 20, he met with the angels. In verses 21 through 26, it was the Lord himself that he wrestled with. And then in verses 27 through 32, Jacob met himself. Here he was wrestling with an angel all night, but it supersized his faith. It downsized his fears as the presence of the Lord was experienced in what one would say is an angelic encounter, but it was God showing up in Jacob's life. And the messenger, the, the visitor, asked him, what is your name? This is important because the first time Jacob was asked this, he lied. Jacob experienced a supernatural intervention. The Lord himself showed up and wrestled with him all night. Somewhere during that WrestleMania experience, Jacob understood whose presence he was in. And he said, I'm not going to let you go. <laughs> when you know you need a blessing. When you know your faith need to be strengthened and your problems need to be handled. You ain't worried about being cute. You're not worried about impressing nobody. That's and so Jacob says, Lord, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. So in the second instance, he supersized his faith not only as he experienced a stabilizing insight, but as he experienced a supernatural intervention. But in the final instance of the text, he exercised a surrendered inadequacy. His faith was 
supersized. His fears was downsized as he expressed and exercised a surrendered inadequacy. He was changed. When you get to the end of chapter 32, this is not the same brother we meet earlier in Genesis. He was changed from the inside out. Lord told him no longer will your name be Jacob, which means supplanter, but your name will be Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Jacob was transformed. Jacob was left with the insignia of his inadequacy and his dependence on God because for the rest of his life, he walked with a limp. Some of us are limping right now. I'm not talking about a physical limp. It might be that, but that's not the only kind of limp. If you're really a child of God, there's something in your life that will remind you of how far the Lord has brought you. There's something in your life that will remind you that if it had not been, that if it had not been for the Lord, there's something in your life that's a, by this I know experience, you know that it had to be the Lord that worked it out. He was changed as he exercised a surrendered inadequacy. His faith was supersized and his fears were downsized. No more slipping and sliding. No more joking and jiving. No more conspiring and conniving. No more hooking and crooking. No more gambling and rambling. No more! Because God touched him. And he was a changed man. He was ready to put his problem in God's hand. A few years ago, when Judy and I were transitioning to Chesterfield, we were on a Southwest airline flight from Louisville to St. Louis. We were delayed for a while in Louisville. In fact, a considerable while because there were storms in the St. Louis area. Pilot told us that we can't fly right now. As we sit on the tarmac there in Louisville, Kentucky. But after a while, the pilot said that we're getting ready to take off. Pilot came on the intercom and he said that we're not going to fly into St. Louis. But what we're going to do is fly down to Kansas City. We're going to fly down to Kansas City and come in behind the storm. Because when we go to Kansas City and come back east, we believe that the storm will already pass over. Y'all know when I'm flying, I don't really want the pilot coming on the intercom. 
talking to me. I'm all right when the attendants are talking, but when the pilots start having conversation, other than telling me that he's glad I flew southwest, then I get a little wearied. Well, we took off and flew in to the Kansas City area and then turned around in air and started making our way to St. Louis. But what I want to tell you is that when we got to St. Louis, the summer had passed over. And you know, I think about things I thought, wouldn't it be good in life if you could just fly in behind your storm? Some of you this morning, you are going through a difficult time. Wouldn't it be real good if you could just drive down to Kansas City and then make a U-turn and your problem go away? But when I looked in to this text, I found out how you can supersize your faith and downsize your fears. You got to do better than getting on a Southwest or getting on a Greyhound bus and letting them leave the driving to us. What you got to do is put it in the Lord's hands. And that's all Jacob did. He sent his wives across the brook and then he sent his children across the brook and he got by himself and put it in the Lord's hands. Is there anybody here that's ready to put it in the Lord's hands? Is there anybody here that know how good my God can be? Is there anybody here that know he's able to take care of his children? Well, I declare if you put it in his hands, he can work it out. If you want to know the secret of supersizing your faith and downsizing your fears, just put it in the Lord's hands. You see, if you put a golf club in my hands, you'll get a double pokey every time. But if you put it in Tiger's hand, you'll get four Masters championships. I do have a witness. Put a tennis club in my hands and you only have a battering ram but put it in Venus's hands and you got a Wimbledon champion put a compass in my hand and you might get lost but put it in Benjamin Banneker's hand and you got Washington D.C. put a baseball bat in my hands and you'll get a strikeout every time but put it in Hank Aaron's hand to a hell of and you got one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. Put a legal brief in my head and you might get sued, but put it in Thurgood Marshall's head and you got Brown versus Board of Education. Do I have a witness? Put a basketball in my hands and I'll double dribble every time, but put it in Michael's hands and you got six NBA championships. I got one more question to ask you today put nails put nails put nails put nails put nails
to get is an infection. But put nails, put nails, put nails in Jesus' hand. You have been listening to Advancing Word with Dr. T.D. Stubblefield. We pray that you have been encouraged with what your ears have heard and your hearts have felt. Explore our website at tdstubblefield.org for more information about us and to obtain resources provided by T.D. Stubblefield Ministries. Until next time, be blessed and remember to stop stressing and start stepping, advancing in faith, hope, and love by reading and applying the Word of God so you can stand on certain truth for uncertain times.